0: Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here with you. Sorry for the little bit of a delay there. You get to hear the extended version of the theme song because I was actually, uh, I was tweeting. Because it's all about the Twitter tonight as part of our annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. It's always our biggest show of the year. Each and every year it becomes our most downloaded program, and it's the one that everybody talks about. And it's great to have all of you on board with the program live, if you are with us live. If not, if you're listening after the fact, thank you for that as well. And uh, we are Spooky South Coast. We talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night here on WBSM. And we also broadcast live our video feed on Spooky TV at spooky SpookySouthCoast.com. And we have a special Guest director tonight for Spooky TV. A real director. We have Aaron Kadju, who you know from the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. Hello, Aaron. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, being working temporarily as part of the crew tonight. <laughs> you knew we were going to put you to work somehow. That's fine. I enjoy it. Well, you always volunteered in the past where I was like, no, no, you're a guest. And then the minute I open the door, I'm like, yeah, and you're working. That's fine. That's fine. I just uh, put the title up on myself.
1: It so that's me. to the
0: best of us, you know. The, 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 the <laughs> best part about it is now it's going to be the best directed episode that we've ever had. It could be. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, without the, a doubt. The James Van Prague episode, right? Right now is like the gold standard of spooky TV, so... (laughs) This, this one might surpass that, but uh, this is our annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. If you are new to the program, you're unfamiliar with what it is, we've done this every year since we went on the air uh, back in January of 2006. Each year we send a bunch of teams and individual investigators out into the Bridgewater Triangle, and we'll talk about what that is in just a moment, but there are teams positioned all around Southeastern Massachusetts in the Bridgewater Triangle at various reported haunted locations, and and during the course of the night, we'll be checking in with them over the, uh, over, over the airwaves. And uh, we'll actually have direct phone conversations with them, at least if we can, while they're out there uh, in the woods, some of these locations. But also, we've added a new thing over the last few years. We are also asking them to tweet live from the location where they are. And they're using the hashtag Spooky Triangle. Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. Hey, good job. I hope the food was good. (laughs) That's because I forgot to turn that off. But uh, if you are on Twitter, just follow along with the hashtag Spooky Triangle, and you will see everyone's tweets. And they've been rolling along for over an hour now. The teams are out at the locations. They're putting out pictures, videos. They're talking about what it is uh, that's been happening. Uh, And... It's amazing how much activity has already been going on. So we'll check in with all of them coming up in a few moments and you'll be able to actually hear from them what's been going on, but you can follow along and see it now by using the hashtag spooky triangle. And of course, we also have our regular hashtag that we use every week during the show, spooky live. And that's if you want to interact with us, if you have questions that you want to ask via the chat room on spooky tv at spookysouthcoast.com or via Twitter, then use the hashtag spooky live for that. And we will also take your calls as well throughout the course of the show. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any stories that you would like to share about the Bridgewater Triangle, you can do so by calling in at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And uh, we, we've, we've divvied up the responsibilities a little bit here tonight. We have co-host Stephanie Burke, uh, who I didn't even introduce everybody tonight. That's how amped up and ready I am. Well, I'm Tim Weisberg. Stephanie Burke is here. The silent assassin, Matt Costa, is in the other room listening via his cell phone, because why, why would they let us use the, the fancy equipment? <laughs> like, no, 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 not on Saturday nights. And, uh, and so the way that we're going to do this is I'll be monitoring things over here, communicating with Matt about getting the teams on the phone. Stephanie will be monitoring the Twitter. Yes, I will. So feel free at any point in time to interrupt whatever we're talking about with anything that comes across that's an important tweet. Right. And e- even if I'm rambling on and talking, like, just be like, oh, we have a tweet.
2: <laughs> I will, definitely. I
0: should have gotten you like an air horn.
2: An air horn. That you
0: could have just blasted in my face I every time something came in. I would have scared myself
2: with that, never mind you. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, I just saw the best tweet come up from uh, from Kira, who is out at the Milk Bridge. Yes. Uh, she just put up a, a picture of what it looks like out there. and It's... <laughs> Pitch black. It's
2: very interesting.
0: <laughs> so that's pretty cool, and you can check that out by following along at Spooky Triangle hashtag Spooky Triangle.
2: The other good one is uh, Heather Peliquin. Did you see that one? No. It says, "Just heard a blood curdling scream from a car full of teens that thought we were ghosts. Gave them a good scare." Nice. <laughs> Starting off the night right.
0: Well, that's the uh, that's the problem with tonight. Of course, is that we you know we try to get this, and we are very conscious of the fact. that... Uh, And Aaron, you know this from going out and filming in some of these locations. You don't want to just go out there. Not only is it not safe, especially at night, to just go out there, but in a lot of these cases, you could be trespassing. The line of where you can walk publicly and where you're trespassing into private property is often you know, very blurred and not easy to find. So we've made sure that all of these groups have gotten permission from the various authorities to be where they are. But I'm sure you even, in, in the course of filming the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, I'm sure you had people uh, coming up to you and being like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. Take Take 10 steps back. Uh, we never ran into
1: any problems with people trying to kick us out of locations. We ran into issues with just curious onlookers that would come. And uh, one lady, was, we were filming uh, off the street near the Hockamock Swamp to get some B-roll shots in the spring when the water level was really high. And, of course, all the neighbors came out and asked what we were doing. And one woman had this huge dog. I don't even know what breed it was. It was like a 150-pound dog. And I'm trying to operate the, cop, uh, the camera, and the dog's sniffing at my crotch, so I'm like trying to push this dog away. So we and ran now to you and dog like are that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now we're,
0: we're we've been married for about a year, and uh, things are going well. I'm a litter of puppies on the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, and again, uh, same goes for you, Aaron. During the course of the night, if you have anything to pipe in with, feel free. Uh, normally, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, fourth wall breakdown here for people that only listen and don't watch on Spooky TV. Normally, I'm looking. At my co-hosts and I'm able, and at the guests and I'm able to say, oh, you know, and and kind mm-hmm. of direct things with my hand. Say, okay, you have anything that you want to say? I won't be able to do that tonight because I'm going to be all over the place. So just interrupt.
2: We will do our best.
0: We'll pretend it's sports radio and we'll just talk over each other. We can do that. Uh, we've done it before. We do it when we're not on the air. Right. Why not? So uh, let me give you just a quick breakdown of who we have out in the field, and then we'll explain a little bit about what the Bridgewater Triangle is. And then right after that, we will start to get into things with our groups. But uh, we want to thank everyone who is out there who joined us uh, for this year. We have Eric Martin and the New England Ghost Finders. They are out at the Shad Factory Pond in Rehoboth, and you can follow along with them directly on Twitter at NEGhostFinders or with their website, NEGhostFinders.com. We have Dave Francis, Mark Colacusis, and Christina Ottman. They are out at Anawan Rock in Rehoboth. And Christina is tweeting from her account, at TapsFan in Upton. Uh, Out at the Milk Bridge, we have Kira Styles and her husband, Greg Styles. You can follow along with them at Spectral Whispers and also on her website, KiraNormalActivity.com. DLH Paranormal joining us for the first time uh, in the Bridgewater Triangle Investigation. Deb Vickers, Heather and Laura Pelliquin and Cynthia Shea. They are out at the Rehoboth Village Cemetery, and they are at DLH Paranormal on Twitter. We have John Brightman, Sean Sullivan, Kim Thomas, and a special guest that we'll get to uh, a little bit later on. They are out at the Freetown State Forest at the Esonet Ledge. And you can follow along on Kim's Twitter at KDakota1389. And at Lake Nip, we have Mike Markowitz, Barb Wright, Cranberry Coast Paranormal, along with Roy Brady as well. And you can follow along with them at Cranberry Coast and also on the website, cranberrycoastparanormal.com. So we've got them spread all over the place, Aaron. We we took a map and just threw darts and said, no, we let everybody pick where they were going to go. So are all of these
1: locations technically in the Bridgewater Triangle or any of them just
0: outside? These fall within our definition of the bridge triangle the way that we have kind of always defined it and we define it with an ever-expanding border i know that you know when you made the film you had to limit the borders of what the bridge triangle is just for your own purposes but also for where you believe the strength of activity is happening yeah well the
1: film we kind of stuck to the traditional originally defined borders because that's Mm -hmm. what we you know we've introduced the Concept through what Coleman defined it as. But, you know, later on in the film, we do open up the discussion uh, towards well, it, the end about still, the, the boundaries of the triangle. You're
0: in the more modern boundaries. You're not in, in Lauren Coleman's original Bridgewater, East Bridgewater, West Bridgewater. You know, you've been able to expand it out based on the reports that have come through over the years, over a couple of decades.
1: Yeah, where would the most commonly, you know, defined Abington, Freetown, Rehoboth
0: uh, mm-hmm. lines? And I think v- theoretically, these all fit within there. If I, just looking really quickly. I think these all kind of fit within there. And uh, what I like about this setup and, and having all the groups out there at the same time is what if all the locations are active at one time? What if the same phenomena takes place in Rehoboth that's also happening in Abington? You know, what if it's possible that there's a consciousness to the activity in the Bridgewater Triangle. And we've got people all around it just poking at it with sticks tonight, essentially, which I think is pretty cool if that turns out to be the case. Uh, So, Aaron, why don't you give everybody kind of a a definition of the Bridgewater Triangle for those who are new to the program. We do have a lot of new listeners. The Bridgewater Triangle
1: is a 200-square-mile region in southeastern Massachusetts that was first defined by internationally renowned cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman in the late 1970s. Uh, It is an area that is known for an alleged increase of unexplained occurrences, everything ranging from uh, cryptid animal sightings like Bigfoot and Thunderbirds to UFO sightings, ghost sightings, and uh, an elevated level of bizarre crime. And it all kind of exists in this, what some people call a vortex or portal that is often compared to places like the Bermuda
0: Triangle or the Skinwalker Ranch and, and things like that. And I've been studying uh portals and, and vortexes for for a while, but especially uh with uh renewed interest over the last few months with Ghost Stalkers, which debuts uh tomorrow night at ten o'clock on Destination America. Plug plug. That don't don't worry, plug Barry, away. I'm not gonna spend twenty plug minutes away. talking about it. <laughs> I got a tweet earlier saying, you know, not not to waste valuable Bridgewater triangle time. Uh but, you know, in, in exploring that topic I've realized that there are other triangles, there are other Uh, supposed vortexes out there uh, you know, Sedona, Arizona comes to mind as one of them. There's one in New York. There's one in the Bennington Triangle in, in Vermont. There's all these different places where this kind of stuff happens, but none of them seem to have the wealth and the variety of stories that the Bridgewater Triangle produces.
1: No, none of them have the wealth and variety. And also, outside of the Bermuda Triangle, internationally on the paranormal scene, the Bridgewater Triangle is probably the most well-known out of all of them. Uh, there was a list verse came out with a list of the I think it was the top 20 most uh, mysterious places outside of the Bermuda Triangle in the world. So they excluded the Bermuda Triangle, and the Bridgewater Triangle was listed as number one. Uh, You know, this just seems to be an international interest in the topic, especially from people that are into the paranormal. I mean, they're talking about the Bridgewater Triangle in Australia, Japan, everywhere.
0: Hey, I'm just going to throw this out there. I just Google searched Paranormal Triangle, and the first mention of Bridgewater Triangle comes up before the first mention of the Bermuda Triangle. So...
1: It it absolutely does not surprise me. Uh, You know, the profile of the Bridgewater Triangle has been going up, and uh, it it went up especially with that Monsters and Mysteries in America special that aired in December that talked a lot about the Bridgewater Triangle. So there is a heightened public awareness to the Bridgewater Triangle, and uh, we all seem to be just uh, riding the wave and enjoying it.
0: And there seems to be... uh as you said, you know, a renewed interest with your film, with Monsters and Mysteries in America, but also I think that as a lot of people in the paranormal are willing to expand their own uh, interest level and their own definitions of what they consider to be paranormal, they're willing to take a look at places where a lot of these lines cross. You know, five, ten years ago, you know, you had ghost groups in UFO groups. Now you're starting to get people that are willing to accept the possibility that they're probably tied together in some way, Mm -hmm. and so that you have to tie them together in your research. And if that's the case, what better place to go than the Bridgewater Triangle, which has had all of these different types of reports.
1: No, that's absolutely right. And uh, there's such a variety of reports that come out, you know, I'll be wearing the T-shirt or the hat and people will stop me on the street and ask me what the Bridgewater Triangle is. And I'm trying to give them a synopsis of it in, you know, two minutes or less. But a lot of times it's difficult because there's so many different things to talk about, uh, not only just in the, the paranormal aspects of it, but in terms of the true crime and the, the geological mysteries like Dighton Rock, things like that, and how it all just seems to tie into this unique location.
0: I'm sorry, what you going to say? I was
2: just going to ask Aaron what he thought. With all your research and everything that you did, all the traveling that you did, what intrigued you the most or what fascinated you the most, whether it be the true crime aspect or the strange stories or paranormal?
1: Well, for any listeners out there that have been following the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, they'll know that I am a major skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. And I'm one of those people that, uh, unless I see something for myself, I'm not likely to believe it. So for me, the most interesting aspect of the Bridgewater Triangle is the true crime aspect of it, especially the true crime that ties into the Freetown State Force. I mean, you're talking about a, a town, of Freetown, that has a population of 9,000 with this state force that has seen uh, an absurd amount of, of bizarre crime and, and criminal activity and also i think that just the people that are interested in the bridgewater triangle are what make it interesting and that whether or not there's something actually happening here or not isn't really relevant to me i just think it's a really interesting topic and just the cultural phenomenon surrounding it and why it is so popular i find very interesting as well
0: all right. So we actually have some folks who are going to try and put up some video out there in the field as well. And uh, a few folks have run into some problems with Twitter trying to upload the video directly to Twitter, but they're able to upload it to Facebook. And if that's the case, feel free to post it to your Facebook page and just put a link out on the Twitter. Right. And then that way there people can still follow along with the hashtag Spooky Triangle to see all the information that's going on with, with that. But again, I want to put a little bit of a, a definition on that. If you are out there... As as an investigator, one of our team members for tonight, then you want to use the hashtag SpookyTriangle so that we know what's going on and we can follow along. And people can follow along at home by using that hashtag. But if you want to tweet to the show and join in the conversation with us, please use hashtag SpookyLive. Is that confusing or is that pretty? No, no that's, that's pretty good. good. I've never. We only just started using the hashtag a few weeks ago, and now we're already trying to introduce multiple hashtags. So the the best part about this, too, is we don't really have to take a lot of commercial breaks tonight, so we're going to be able to kind of fly right through this. And we also want to give some recognition to the silent assassin who's in there in the production booth running this. He's uh, he's he's listening blind in there, basically just using his cell phone to connect. He, he looks like he's in Ebola isolation in there. Well, he was coughing earlier, and his nose was a little runny, so I got concerned. Because you never know where he's been. Hey... And, and now that he deals with vegetables all the time.
2: He does deal with vegetables. That is true.
0: So you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, he's, he's Can you at me. least wave, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's either not listening or the delay grew a little bit more. All right, well, why don't we start checking in with our teams? We have uh, some of them on the line right now. Uh, we will go right now to Shad Factory Pond in Rehoboth with Eric Martin of New England Ghost Finders. Good evening, Eric. How are you? We're doing
3: good. I'm standing here with my team, Cheyenne uh, and Debbie. We're all standing here uh, talking with you guys live uh, at Shad Pond Factory in Rehoboth.
0: And I've been following along with the uh, Spooky Triangle hashtag. It seems like you guys have already had some things going on out there.
3: Yeah, actually, and believe it or not, as you're talking with us on the phone, uh, the K2 is, is, believe it or not, reacting to, uh, to our conversation.
0: Well, I mean, uh, that's because I'm such an energetic personality. I can't help but uh, fire that thing off. <laughs> so when you first got out there, about how long have you guys been out there now?
3: Uh, we've been out here for what, guys? Probably about, you know, six, six, well, we've been here since about 6, 630.
0: And kind of just describe the general mood out there when you first arrived. How, you know, how did you feel? What was the atmosphere like? Well, when we first got here, I
3: mean, it was it was pretty calm. It was pretty quiet. Uh, we weren't really getting a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, we were getting a couple of K2 hits, a lot of high EMF um, that we couldn't explain, and we, couldn't, we weren't able to debunk. Um, and it, it was one of those things where one would hit but not the other. So we weren't able to validate that it was actual uh, natural EMF causing the meters to go off.
0: And uh, I saw that Cheyenne mentioned that uh, you guys have a video that you wanted to post, and I had mentioned putting it up on Facebook, if that's what you want to do, and then just tweeting out a link. But what what will people see in that video?
4: People will see um, our team member, Debbie, communicating with who we believe to be Enid, a little child who we think is six years old.
0: All right. And and, uh, that information came from?
4: That's from Cheyenne. I was asking direct questions, and I was getting direct responses oh, okay. to my questions.
0: So now, uh, we did, were you able to get that up there, or are you still in the process? Or I am still in the
4: process.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's the only problem with being outside there in the woods, is that you never know how long it's going to take to upload something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we will check back in with you guys uh, probably in the next hour. Uh, stay safe and keep tweeting. We'll keep following along. Definitely. All right. Have a good one. We'll talk to you in a bit. All right. Thanks. All right, and we have now uh, on the next line we have Dave Francis, Mark Colacusis, Christina Ottman. They are out there at Anawan Rock, and uh, and guys, I know that you had some, <laughs> you already had some pretty interesting, challenging at the beginning of the night before you even started investigating. You Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. You guys are oh, on the sorry air. Sorry about that. No, no. just came running up to me through the woods, and I was like, "What's
4: going on? What's going on? I'm going live. What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, so who's out there with you then?
5: Okay. Um, we've got um, Mark, uh, the paranormal pilots, with us. I'm here. I've got Dave. I've got Mason uh, Mayer. Um, Mark's friend Rose and her boyfriend Jack. And uh, Chrissy, she goes through a lot of the uh, legend trips with you guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have—you guys got a full team out there tonight.
5: And you know, I didn't realize. I thought it wasn't as big as it was, and it really is kind of good size. And we're split up. One, we got Mark and uh, Nate on one side of the rock, and we're up on the back side, kind of where the camp was.
0: And I, w- I was saying, as uh, we were leading into you guys, that before you even started investigating, you already had some challenges that you had to overcome out there tonight.
5: Yeah, we went to Dunkin' Donuts and had a coffee, and the challenge went away. It was, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> well, it's a popular spot tonight. That's what it is. It
5: is. It is, and it's been on social media. I mean, everybody's seen it so there. I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to get involved.
0: And and thank you to Chrissy, by the way, for being able to tweet out there because I know how uh, you two old guys aren't aren't so good with the Twitter. You
5: know? No, no, I can't Twitter, tweet, or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what kind of stuff's happening out there so far?
5: Well, when we first got here, that other group was here, and they were in the parking lot, and we started to walk, and it was daylight still, and I wanted to show Chrissy the rock and the trails, and we both of us saw a person standing on the left side of the rock, a silhouette of a person, just standing there. We thought it was one member of their team, so we encompassed the whole back end of the rock and came up over where the encampment was, and I thought I saw somebody up there again, and by the time we get to the top of the rock, there was nobody up there, and if you've been up to the rock, there's one way in, really, and one way out, unless you mm-hmm. want to to the swamp.
0: So Which I don't, I, I don't think anybody's doing that.
5: Yeah, and um, we, we both got a look at it. So it was a little of a person. It was just standing on the side of the rock, kind of facing the parking lot. And,
0: and, and so, I'm sorry, I was going to say, uh, so so that other group, they they actually left, and, and so now it's just you guys there?
5: Yeah, there's just us here. There's, everybody else is gone.
0: And uh, it'll be interesting to see if that, that figure comes back, uh, especially, you know, it, it could have been something that's out there. Or it could have been something that was attached to the other group.
5: Yeah, and uh, there had been an injury here. The, the police and the EMTs were earlier when that team was here. I guess a member of their team fell and broke her ankle. Oh, wow. So um, there was quite a bit of emotional uh, charging of the uh, the area, if you know what I mean. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably a lot of emotional, especially if someone's fallen off the rock up there. <laughs>
0: Well, I hope that they were as smart as you guys were and they actually had permission to be there ahead of time.
5: Yeah. Yeah, no, they did. They, they had police permission, too, which is great. Uh, you know, one thing we are noticing, too, is battery drain on a lot of stuff. Really? Um, Kristen's phone, is um, it was 86%, and it's getting low. I had a tablet, a, a Kindle that was fully charged. We were going to try playing some music under the trigger, and it's gone. It's definitely dead. I haven't used it all night.
0: Yeah, just give everybody a quick rundown of what some of the uh, reports are that, that happened at Animal Rock. Um,
5: the stuff that's happened here, I mean, if you go back through all the books, like uh, Charles Robinson stuff and everything, there's a lot of uh, smells of smoke, campfires and stuff like that, um, balls of light out in the swamp. And that's actually happened personally to me when I came out here with Mark the first time a couple of years ago, where I saw a ball of light that just disappeared. It was there one minute and gone the next. Um, other things, I think uh, Luanne from Wearing City, she's one of the ones that's had stuff move. Um, sort of nudge it down, like a bag or something, and then it gets moved to another area. Um, she also saw an apparition that she, I think, she believed was a was a Native American, if I remember correctly, and uh, voices. Uh, hearing um, like drums. I guess there's reports of drums, and also reports of um, voices that aren't speaking English. You know, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I know a couple of a couple of people are kind of on the fence about what. What they've heard and what may have actually been happening over here. But, um, you know, we've got recorders running. we get got our ears open, and, you know, we're, we're going to sit down here quiet and see if we can hear stuff and kind of pay attention to the things that other people see and see what happens.
0: All right, well, we will check back in with you, and we'll be following along on Twitter as well. Uh, and everybody can watch uh, Christina's account, at TapsFan in Upton, but also you can follow using the hashtag Spooky Triangle. All right, thanks, Dave. Stay safe out there. All right, no problem, man. Have a good night. Me too. And uh, I don't worry about them. They've got about 100 years of experience amongst them. So I don't have to be concerned with that group for sure about anybody breaking their ankle out there. So Nope. It's too bad that that happened, though. I hope that that person uh, is going to be okay. And uh, Aaron, just so people know, I mean, uh, Anawan Rock, of course, being one of the most key sites in King Philip's War.
1: Yeah, Annawan Rock is where the official surrender of the last remaining Wampanoag uh, warriors took place in August of 1676. It marked the official end to King Philip's War and was uh, the site where uh, Captain Benjamin Church and his rangers snuck up on the last remaining band of Wampanoags. It was actually a peaceful surrender. Uh, Annawan and Captain Church actually shared a meal atop uh, Annawan Rock, and Annawan presented Captain Church with a wampum belt. Uh, which uh, has mysteriously disappeared from history after that exchange. And it's interesting, uh, in, in the documentary, we were interviewing Chris Balzano in the Freetown State Forest, but he was talking about the Wampum Belt and the disappearance of the Wampum Belt. And twice during that interview, the lights shut off. Uh, and the second time was directly after uh, Chris was trying to basically entice the ghosts uh, or taunt the ghost teasingly or, or in a joking manner, uh, basically saying if we had the belt, we would return it and the light shut off a second time. So it was, uh, even as a skeptic, it was one of the most uh, hair raising experiences I've ever had and the closest thing that I would consider a paranormal experience.
0: Listen, every time I'm out in the, that area and I go to yard sales, I keep thinking like maybe in this box I'll find, you know, the wampum belt. It's been it's been in somebody's basement for the last two hundred years. You never know. But uh and I know Stephanie, you've been out there before, right, to Anawan Rock?
2: I have not been there. You to have Aniwan not? Rock. No.
0: Oh that's it. Field trip.
2: I need to go on a field trip. I haven't been either. Really? Yes. I haven't been to Dighton Rock
0: either. Uh, me either. My plan was always to, you know, just hop on my bike one day after work. Yep. You know, take the ride, and you know, it'd be nice, you know, windy roads out there. I've been, I've driven by the Dighton Rock yeah. Museum, but I've never actually been inside. You know, so go out there, uh, go out to Animon Rock, just take, you know, stop the bike out by Route Forty Four and see if the red-headed hitchhiker wants to take a ride.
2: I think we need to do this we
0: before will. it gets cold. Although not, not on the bike.
2: No, not on the bike.
0: Because uh, no. It barely, barely runs with me on it, let alone <laughs> putting anybody else we on can it. can take the yeah. space car. That sounds good. All right, why don't we go to the next uh, group that we have out there. We have Kira Stiles. KiraNormalActivity.com is her website if you'd like to follow along with all of her writing there. She does a great job recounting a lot of her paranormal uh, experiences and uh, some of her investigations. And you can also follow her on Twitter, at Spectral Whispers. And you're out there at the milk bridge. Uh, is it chocolate or strawberry milk tonight, Kira? Um,
4: I was told it was skim, but I guess, I, I mean, you know, chocolate's pretty good. I, I prefer chocolate milk,
0: personally. I, I like a little strawberry before bed. It helps calm the stomach, you know? Good point, good point. So, uh, what's been happening out there tonight? Anything going on yet?
4: Um, yeah. I actually just saw something walk by me, and considering I'm sitting at the edge of the bridge on a rock, and there's absolutely no way something could walk by me the way that that I saw That was a little strange. We also, um were scared of, out of our wits almost by something that was rustling around in the bushes. Greg went to check it out, but he, sa- he said he only saw a couple of little glowing eyes. I mean, you know, it could have been an animal, but as a shout-out to my old friend, Chris Balzano, it also could have been a buckwatcher. You never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's enough weird things that happen out there uh, that you can kind of let your mind go there. And and that's the thing about, you know, the the Bridgewater Triangle Investigation show is uh, it's, it's not necessarily a scientific investigation because it's hard when people are out there to be conducting this research while calling into the phone while tweeting, while handling all that stuff it's more of a legend tripping aspect of getting out there and putting yourself into the story and, uh, and you guys have become part of the story of the Milk Bridge after what happened with you guys last time you were out there
4: oh for sure and that's why Dave continues to refuse to come out here and I make sure I point that out every time I come out here what you do. <laughs> there's the hole, don't, don't go near it. stay away from it um, but one more thing I did i did want to ask you. Just now when you guys were talking about taking a field trip, I was kind of listening in there, of course, mm-hmm. as, as I'm allowed to. Did somebody whisper?
0: I did, yes. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, all right. I yeah, heard a whisper, was... and I was like, wow, was that That's... on my phone? That's... Or That's... What? That was very I... bad, he- okay, bad
0: form. Bad form right. on my part, both as an investigator and a broadcaster. <laughs> that was bad form. I apologize.
4: Well, then cut it out. You know you're not supposed to whisper I won't... on an
0: investigation. I won't anymore. Oh. I
2: know better. All right, Kira. Is it your husband's first time out in the field with you? Um, he's been, he he came with me one year to uh, the Lizzie Borden
4: investigation, but uh, otherwise being out here for the show, yes, this is his first time.
2: How's he like him poking around in the dark? Uh, well, you know,
4: he's um he he's trying, he's, he's checking things out. He, he actually noticed a couple of strange little lights in the sky that we're trying still trying to figure out. I mean, okay, they. They could be heavenly bodies or something like that, but there's only the two of them in the sky that we can see. You can't see anything anywhere else because it's overcast. Right. But you can see just these two, and that's it.
2: Very interesting.
4: And now they're gone. And now we can't see them anymore.
0: Well, uh, we will continue to follow along with you on Twitter using the hashtag Spooky Triangle, and we'll check back in with you in the next hour. Excellent. That sounds good. All right. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. All right. And uh, I'm going to just wait here for a response from Matt to find out uh, exactly who we have on the line for the next call. Because he asked a question and I didn't answer. See, uh-huh. we, can't, we can't communicate with each other because you know, we don't have the talk back buttons for whoever's in the booth. So we're just using Facebook to go back and forth with other. You're Messenger. doing
2: pretty well so far. This is
0: working smooth as a baby's ass right now. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying this.
2: We're allowed uh, to say ass on air.
0: Um, yes. Okay. I think so. It's too late now because, uh, although this is kind of weird, uh, Chrissy just reported that using the spooky triangle hashtag keeps locking up her phone. So she's actually on the fourth reboot. So every time she tries to use that hashtag, Hmm. something locks up on her phone. Hmm. Very weird. (laughs) Um. all right, so now we're going to go to the line. We have Barb Wright uh, of Cranberry Coast Paranormal. They are out there at Lake Nip, and, and uh, she's got Mike Markowitz with her and Roy Brady. Is that, is that everybody that you have with you, Barb, or are there some other folks, too? We
6: also have uh, Red here. Red.
0: Oh, oh, okay. He made it out there?
6: He did. He finally made it.
0: So. That's a, that's a, a hike so, for him.
6: There yeah, from Vermont. So there's four of us here. Very windy. Uh, we picked up a little girl's voice behind me asking a question, but we're not sure what that's about. And uh, did you guys get anything interesting? Radiation levels are weird.
0: Oh, be According careful. According to
6: Red.
4: Oh, I mean.
0: yeah, well, that's what I like about uh, the group that you have, though. You, I mean, I mean you've got... Red's got some uh, some really good experience uh, with a, mm-hmm. with a lot of different equipment. You got Mike out there who is just the the master of EVP. So you're able to cover things at all different angles out there. Definitely. And I think yeah. this is the first year this is the first year that we've ever had somebody actually go out to the lake. I believe.
6: Wow. I just I thought it would be a good idea to go to the source, you know? This is, oh, absolutely. term was 10, so might as well be out here. Well, because
0: normally when we try to send people out, it's still mosquito season, and you guys would have called up from the beginning of the lake and said, uh-uh, we're not going out there.
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so and I noticed that you guys have been tweeting uh, some stuff using the hashtag Spooky Triangle. We've been trying, and uh, I was going to say you guys are kind of in one of the the worst reception spots out of anybody. So uh, we we certainly appreciate you trying, and we will check in with you. Has anything been going on besides you know picking up those voices? I mean, just like feeling wise, just your own personal uh, experience being out there, not necessarily anything that's portraying itself on on your equipment, but just you know any any getting the willies type of effect. A
4: little
6: bit down by the water on the boat ramp. And it was right, right before Mike picked up that voice, I actually got a kind of a weird feeling. So, definitely. Um, yesterday, I was scouting out the place, and I went up the street to where the, um, the Keith homestead was and got the vibe there, definitely. But, unfortunately, we can't get near that right now. So, hmm. that's okay. That's
0: for another time, maybe.
6: Who knows? Yeah. You never um, know. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, definitely stay safe out there. We'll keep following along with you guys on Twitter, and we'll check back in with you in the next hour. All right. All Thanks right. a lot. Stay safe. All right, bye. And uh, I guess we're having a little bit of issues uh, with uh, some of the connection with John Brightman out there in the Freetown State Forest, which I'm not surprised because it doesn't matter who you have. You 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 could have a direct line to Alexander Graham Bell's ghost, and you're not going to be able to get through uh, out there with the reception. And and I know that you spent a lot of time out there. Aaron, you can attest to that.
1: Yeah, uh, it's funny. When you take Copacut Road, probably the most infamous road in the Freetown Mm -hmm. State Forest, when you first get up to that road, the entrance says is a sign that says, uh, hazardous road conditions, no. No cell phone service. So that right there is, a, is the omen when you're heading into that that part of the the triangle that you're not going to be able to use your cell phone most likely.
0: Yeah, normally they don't bother to warn you of the fact that you won't have it, but and that also speaks to what they know goes on out there too. Like they like, all right, weird stuff happens out here, and you're not going to be able to call for help.
2: I know that they did say um, they were at the ledge to begin with, and uh, they did an EVP session. It was pretty quiet, and they're at the Indian area now. Ah, so that might be why they're. Uh, Reception's not that great.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, we're also having an issue connecting with DLH Paranormal. Uh, they are out there at the Rehoboth Village Cemetery, but I guess the issue is with being able to dial their number. So if, if we're having a problem connecting with them and they can hear us, uh, you can call in to us at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And the same goes for John out there, too. I, I notice that we have somebody on the line there, so I'll just wait for Matt to alert me. To, see, then it makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm like, let's go to <laughs> this line, and because uh, it's it's a lot more professional that way instead of having to ask uh, who it is. Now I know that you've both uh, been listening to uh, been listening to s- spooky South Coast Bridgewater Triangle shows since the very beginning. Aaron was here in like our third or fourth week talking about the Bridgewater Triangle, mm-hmm. and uh, do you guys feel uh, both of you that by doing this each year? Are we helping to keep stirring things up by putting all these teams out there? Are we helping to keep the activity levels up there? Is this kind of furthering the the research of everybody? I'll let you go first.
1: Um, It's it's always tough to answer that as a skeptic, but I will say that you're helping to raise the public's awareness of the triangle's existence, which will probably in turn result in more reports of odd occurrences, whether those are fabrics of people's imaginations or they're actual odd occurrences. We can't really say, but I think nevertheless, you're going to see an increase because of programs like this.
0: I think just everybody I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wet blanket. Yeah, but I think everybody focusing on it's going to at least at least play into the vibe anyway.
2: I think we're going to take you out and scare the crap out of you.
0: <laughs> no, that's the thing is... uh,
2: I um I honestly think you know, people have said before the chicken or the egg, which one comes first? Um I think that the the triangle has a life of its own. It's always going to be the triangle. It's always going to have the activity. Um I think it feeds itself. But, like Aaron said, um, people going out there and experiencing things and keeping up with things and looking for things are going to make the awareness out, you know, level up and it's going to uh, bring whatever evidence people come back with. Stories, EVPs, doesn't matter, pictures, um, that's going to keep all of us in the loop. But I think it kind of has a life of its own when nobody's out there.
0: All right, well, I do believe that we have uh, Deb Vickers on the line from DLH Paranormal, and we'll check in with her. They're out in the Rehoboth Village Cemetery. Are you with us, Deb? I'm here. How are you? Oh, doing well. Did we connect with you, or did you have to call us? I had to call you, actually. Okay, I might have to put the call out again for you to do that. Uh, I think we're having an issue with our phone being able to dial your phone. Okay. Which I don't understand why. We call people all over the country, but maybe...
6: You know? My phone is really strange like
0: that. <laughs> no, you know what it is? I know what it is. It's all the time you spend at Lizzie Borden's. Oh, yeah, bet. you're right. That's <laughs> probably what it is. And now uh, you're out there with uh, with Heather and Laura Pelliquin, who are the uh, the L and the H in DLH Paranormal, and also with Cynthia Shea. Yeah. And you, I notice you guys have been tweeting like crazy as well, at DLH Paranormal, using the hashtag Spooky Triangle. What kind of stuff's been happening out there in the Rehoboth Village Cemetery?
6: It's been a lot. I mean it started as soon as we get out in the middle of the cemetery, we um Heather saw a light anomaly shoot right behind Cindy. We had a lot of hits on the K two. Um we also saw a couple of shadow figures. What else did we have guys? Um oh, we had a good we heard foot the girls heard footsteps behind them.
3: knocking.
6: Yeah, and like it would sounds like rocks hitting the, the graves.
0: Wow. And I I noticed that Heather uh, put up a a video on Twitter uh, from the Spirit Box session.
6: Yeah, we've been getting some pretty good responses on that, too. Um, Apparently, there's a spirit here named Ephraim that we had heard about. So he's the one that we've been trying to contact, and I think he might have come through on Spirit Box.
0: Wow. What what kind of responses were you getting from him?
6: What did he say? He said... um, about the woman that he oh, yeah, we asked because they, they say that he really doesn't like women. And then we asked and said no, and we said, what do you do to them? And we thought we had, it's hot on the spirit box because it comes through so fast, which is why I always um, keep the session. But mm-hmm. it sounded like he said, I kill them.
0: Wow. Wow. We'll definitely be looking forward to hearing that clip. <laughs>
6: Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know if Heather got that on the video or not, because she can only do the short clips on the video. Right. But the funniest thing was the car of teenagers that we scared half to death.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, we, we, had, uh, we, we were talking about that tweet uh, a little earlier. What, what, what happened there? What was the situation?
6: It was so funny. We're all dressed in black, and we were sitting in the middle of the cemetery by one of the little roads, and we see car of teenagers go <laughs> in, and they had their music blasting so loud, and they were screaming out the windows, we're going to wake the dead, I mean, they were really loud, right, and so then they swung around, and they started to come by us, and when they spotted us, we were all dressed in black, one of the girls Screamed a blood-curdling <laughs> scream at the top of her lungs. That's so awesome, funny. And then when they they came by us, they turned the music down, locked the doors, had the windows up, and I was waving at them, but they would not stop. They were so scared. <laughs> they left so fast.
0: Huh? That's
2: what? awesome. You should have growled at them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I would I would have said to them, like, if you think you're scared now, we just see what we're going to be doing for the rest of the night. I know,
6: right? <laughs> well, I think I freaked them out because I kind of leaned over and I was doing this really weird wave at them. <laughs> it was really funny. It was so funny. <laughs>
0: Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, hopefully uh, things keep rolling for you out there. We will definitely check back in with you in the next hour, and uh, everybody can follow along with you at DLH Paranormal, and uh, they can follow along on Twitter with the hashtag Spooky Triangle. And, and also, what's your website if people want to check that out? Oh, it's
6: um, DL,
0: wait, what is it? oh, www.dlhparanormal.com. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, well, we will check back with you soon. Stay safe out there. We will. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye. And we do have a, a special guest calling in as well, but uh, before we jump into things with him, I want to ask—I want to ask Aaron about Rehoboth in general. We had talked about trying to get Charles Turk Robinson on the program. I spoke to him. Uh, the, prior to the show two years ago and I asked if he was willing to take part and he said you know let me know let me know and for some reason the numbers that we have for him we couldn't connect with him uh, but he did put a lot of focus on the hauntings of Rehoboth with his book The New England Ghost Files
1: yeah, he did. Uh, particularly the Reddit Hitchhiker, some of the uh, uh, activity that reported at Anwan Rock, which we discussed. Um, yeah, and his book is kind of the go-to source for hauntings in Rehoboth. But uh, as far as the you know uh, someone who's really well versed on the hauntings of Rehoboth, I'd have to defer to Andrew Lake, who basically single-handedly carried that section of the documentary, just going from one legend to another, and you know he carries that film basically by himself for five minutes in that section and someone might say, well, isn't it boring to listen to one person for five minutes, but he's so engaging to listen to and he's got that deep commanding voice, he just it's just effortless for him to just tell a story and to, to captivate his audience
0: I think it might sound something like this <laughs> that That's your cue, Hello. Andy
7: Hello
0: <laughs> Hello <laughs> We were just talking about you, saying good things a- Andrew yeah, Lake is the sense. world's biggest jerk and I hope he doesn't call the show <laughs>
1: <laughs>
7: It was very nice of you to say that, Aaron. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, 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 and no, seriously, I, I tell people, you know, you guys were mentioning the, um, the Monsters and Mystery, uh, Mysteries in America uh, episode, and I was in that, but uh, I, I think I'm, I was much more proud of uh, being in the Bridgewater Triangle film than, uh, than that, uh, that episode. But that's a whole other gripe of mine. I'll leave that be.
0: <laughs> well, I just want uh, to point but- out to everybody, Andy, that uh, Aaron did not know that you were on the line. So that was oh. just total natural Bridgewater Triangle synchronicity right there.
7: Oh, <laughs> I had no idea it was, yeah, it was you, Andy.
0: That
7: cool. yeah, pretty cool. Um, no, the reason why I called in, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't, you know, team up with anybody to, go, you know, poke around in some of the haunted locations. But um, thought I'd call in and uh, bring up um, a story that Aaron and I were just told recently. That uh, sounds we great. Uh, had a little showing of the Bridgewater Triangle in Winsocket, Rhode Island, and an 81-year-old gentleman showed up to see it because five years ago he and his nephew were in Easton in broad daylight on a back road, and they saw a six-foot-tall bird standing by the side of the road they were on. And he was certain it was a bird, because this thing unfolded a wingspan about 18 to 20 feet and took several hard flaps for it to get up into the air. And he and his nephew watched it um, fly up over the, uh, the wooded area, and he said it was being chased by crows that um, the size of this bird made the crows look like tiny little sparrows. And he told us that um, he probably never would have told anybody about that story if it wasn't for the fact that he he had his uh, his nephew with him, and his nephew lives down in Florida now. And the man's daughter told me she said I, I called him uh, today to tell him we going to go see this film, and he retold the story the ex- same exact way my dad did. And uh, and uh, as I as I said when you know we were talking to this gentleman after the showing of the film, I think this is one of the great things about. The bridgewater triangle film is it's encouraging people to come forward and uh, tell their stories because for a while there um we just seem to be you know rehashing the same old uh, classic stories out of the triangle but since this film has come out more and more people are stepping forward and uh, telling us these remarkable encounters they've had uh you know, uh, within the triangle
1: or on the outskirts of it. Andrew, can I just jump in real quick? Um, Yeah. We had another showing of the documentary at the Bridgewater, I mean the uh, Middleborough Public Library last week, and it's funny that you mentioned that gentleman's story because we had a woman come up to us after the show in Middleborough to tell us that she saw... Uh, what she thought was a Thunderbird in Southeastern back in 1998. So there's two Easton Thunderbird sightings wow. reported within weeks of each other by two people who do not know one another, uh, and both stories involved potential Thunderbird sightings. So uh, her story was really interesting as well, and I think she said she was with her husband who could uh, also corroborate that same, that same story. So it's just a really in- interesting coincidence that you know two really credible Thunderbird witnesses have come forward since the film has been being shown.
7: Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the thunderbirds to me are kind of weird, because, like, you know, uh, people ask me, well, is there much woods for something like that to live in the, the Bridgewater Triangle? And, yeah, maybe, but um, where do they go? How come they're not seen all the time? so, uh, personally, just speaking for myself, I kind of wonder if they, if there's something a little bit more supernatural to these creatures than just being large birds. But that's fascinating. I'm
1: I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's that's wild. Well, Derek Gunn uh, has an interesting theory regarding the cryptids that are reported in the Bridgewater Triangle and uh, around the world, that they don't exist in the same fashion that uh, an organic Mm -hmm. creature would exist, that they exist in brief periods of time where they do actually physically exist and you can touch them, but then they cease to exist moments later and they're like, go in and out. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I'm not a paranormal guy, (laughs) so you guys would know more about that than I would, but he's an, he's got interesting theories regarding that as well.
7: Well, I I know where you're going with with that. And I, and I do, I do agree with that. I I just gave a talk, uh, Thursday and, um, I've been saying that, you know, UFO people, cryptid people, uh, ghost people, I think we all got to drop our egos and our attitudes that our fields are the only fields. And I think like Tim was saying a, a little while ago that all of this stuff is connected. And, um, I am starting to believe that a lot of this stuff is. Maybe interdimensional, and that's why we don't encounter these things all the time. But real quick, I don't want to take up too much time. But uh, as I told Aaron, um, I let uh, a friend of mine borrow the, the documentary, and he's watched it twice. And his favorite uh, part is the, um, the story about the gigantic baseball size, uh, baseball plate size UFO. Because in 1995, he and several witnesses uh, during the summer at the uh, Bridgewater State College saw that darn thing, and then a few minutes later, a, um, a, a fleet of uh, Uh, orangish-red balls flying in formation. And uh, he said it was just, I mean, it was jaw-dropping. It it, it frightened one of the teachers. She wouldn't even get out of her car as they were watching this thing just um, move slowly over the school and and just seemed to just disappear off uh, into the the horizon. A little bit more to the story to it, but I won't get into it. But my point being is I think this film, has really helped people feel more comfortable about coming forward. And I think the more and more this film is shown, the more amazing stories we're going to hear that people have just been sitting on because they don't want to be laughed at.
0: All right, well, thank you for checking in, Andy.
7: Okay, well, you guys have a great night. and I'll keep listening.
0: You as well. You have a great night. And Bye-bye. and uh, we will check in with our our other group in the field, the one group that we haven't yet checked in with this hour. We have John Brightman out in the Freetown State Forest along with Sean Sullivan, Kevin Thomas, and they also have a special guest out there with them too, right John?
8: Yeah, we have uh Dean Riley from Ghost Hunters Academy with us.
0: And uh, how is she liking her first foray into the Bridgewater Triangle? You can answer. You can hear you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Very interesting. Um definitely really
0: different. It's uh it's certainly a, a creepy place but at least you've got the best tour guide around to take you in there because he can take on anything that pops up in the Bridgewater Triangle. He's <laughs> the same size as Bigfoot. That that that, that is true. Thanks, Tim. So uh so what's been going on out there, John? Anything interesting happening yet? You know, we uh we we
8: decided to start at the ledge tonight only because it was uh kind of early and we figured if kids were out here we'd kind of beat them out here and it was quiet at the ledge um not really any activity just a really calm calm feeling to it which is good um but we're at the Indian ceremonial area right now and we've had a couple of things happen um we've we've set up a couple of different mag lights and we're doing the mag light thing and it's we think it's answering back and forth we've tried the red and the blue mag light thing see if it goes on um so he's using the real time my real time recorder and we heard some with our own ears actually we heard what sounded like knocking or what could have been maybe drums being beat, like three separate casts.
0: Wow. Well uh, I mean it's in that area though you you can never really tell what you're going to encounter when you go out there and search for different activity because so many different types of activity take place you know sometimes you could be dealing with ghostly phenomena sometimes with the puwaji sometimes with cryptids. you never really know, and uh you got to be kind of prepared for whatever it can throw at you uh,
8: absolutely but you you also got to take into consideration we are in a forest we're outside in the elements there's animals out there too mm-hmm. so you always got to wonder if that could have been a bird knocking down a branch that hit three times uh, you never know what it could have been so you always got to take that into consideration too when you're out in the open life
0: all right well you guys stay safe we will check in with you in the next hour as well and uh, we'll keep following along on twitter with the hashtag spooky triangle
8: definitely we're uh, we're heading to focal road and then we're going to the old underground key the underground bunker after this so definitely check that out mm-hmm.
0: So you just want to really just make sure that Jane never comes back to Massachusetts, then, is what you're saying?
8: No, she loves it. Now, don't <laughs> <you>.
0: <laughs> well, say hi to the mad trucker for me. We will. All right, we'll All right, talk, talk, talk to you, to you next after. hour. And uh, we are just about out of time for this hour, but uh, so far everything's working pretty well, you know. It is. It's uh it, I'm a little surprised because normally we have technical problems even when it isn't, you know, that special time where things happen that I'm not going to say aloud. It well, it's, it's obviously because you
1: guys have me directing the show here. That's got to be it.
0: You are you're going to be hired.
2: I'm sorry, but you can never skip a show ever again. Yeah, you're you're pretty <laughs> much How do you
0: think we sucked her in here? She was like, "Oh, I'll fill in forever." Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to take a break for the news uh, coming up on the other side though, we will have more of the discussion here with you uh, about the Bridgewater Triangle. Remember, you can follow along with everything that's happening on Twitter using the hashtag Spooky Triangle and uh, shout out to Vincent out there in, o- in uh, OKC, Oklahoma City. He's listening to the show via the radio Pop app. He says it keeps rolling back every 30 seconds. Uh, it keeps rolling back every few minutes. It goes back 30 seconds. So he's saying that the Bridgewater Triangle has quite a reach. If it's causing yeah, it him does. some problems out there, it's true. So, but thank you to everybody that's out there listening and taking part. Spooky Triangle is the hashtag on Twitter. Spooky Live is also the other hashtag to join in the conversations. And we'll talk to you as well if you want to call in. Talk to you in a few minutes here on WBA Local. Thanks to Under the Question for that theme song. I want to keep putting out some plugs for them uh, every once in a while. And you can check them out on SoundCloud. They were nice enough to donate that song for us uh, to be able to use as a theme song. But if you have any music that you would like to contribute to the program, then you can send it to us, Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll be glad to use it on the program. Tim Weisberg here with you, along with my co-host Stephanie Burke and the silent assassin Matt Costa, who is... Unmiked tonight as he's in the production booth handling all the phone duties.
2: So he's truly the silent assassin.
0: Tonight he is, yes. It's almost like the old days when he didn't say anything. (laughs) Which, contrary to popular belief, I don't like it when nobody else talks. I know it was like, hey, all Tim does is talk. He doesn't let anybody else talk. No, I want them to. Sometimes I'm looking at them and begging them to. You do. You do a fine job. I try. We're not gonna make you do a weekend weird tonight though. Well that's okay. Because I know they didn't prepare one.
2: Well, you told me not to. I know. Because we're so busy.
0: But if I was like, "Hey, let's do a week and weird," you would've been like, "What?" Panicked.
2: I do have them in my bag. I just have to scramble and get them, and it'd yeah. just be weird. And no,
0: we don't. We don't have time tonight. No. But uh, just, we will. We will get back into the groove with that. Maybe next week, and then you'll be gone.
2: Well, this whole entire show is Week and weird.
0: That's true. So that's true. We got. What, what do we have? Maybe one more week with you here. With us. I think so. And then we'll play it by ear for a couple of weeks, and we'll see how it goes. and Maybe you can Skype into us. And, right. But next week is going to be a fantastic program. Uh, if you are a fan of horror movies, if you are a fan of Ouija boards, which I know they were talking about on Ghost Adventures tonight uh, with the Zozo phenomena, if you would like mm-hmm. to really find out what makes the Ouija board so scary, tune in next Saturday night because our guest will be Ouija board historian and expert Robert Murch, who we've had on the program before. And also joining us will be Styles White, who is the director of the new film Ouija that is coming out in theaters nationwide on Friday night. That's really cool. So, this is it's kind of like you know how they've been releasing the, the movies based on the board games. They had yes. the Battleship movie, and then there was another one, I forget what it was. What was the other board game that became... I don't remember what it was, but there was one. Was oh, a Clue? No, no, that, well, that's, that was in the 80s. That wasn't a bad movie, though. It's still a movie
2: about a board game.
0: And that, But the, they now have the Ouija movie that's coming out uh, on Friday, and Styles White, who has been with us in the past, uh, he, he and his wife, Juliet Snowden, wrote the film The Possession mm-hmm. about the divot box, and now... She has written the Ouija movie, and this is his directorial debut. Uh, So he'll be joining us to discuss that along with Murch next Saturday night. So that should be a great, great discussion. We'll also have a whole bunch of things happening in November and December, and we'll make sure that we save all the good stuff for when you come back.
2: I hope so, because I'll I'll be sitting in the hospital room crying that I can't be here.
0: So there's no James Van Prague coming in studio, so you don't have to worry about that. We were able to get that one in before you went out. (laughs) All right. <laughs> just tell the baby to wait. I can't. Right. Well... I
2: could try, but I can't. You know,
0: we, don't, we, don't w- we don't want that to wait too long, because then it'll come in the middle of a Saturday night show, and...
2: It could, and then it'll just be, like, pure chaos, panic.
0: Moniz will take care of it. He's a licensed DMT. All right, so JK. the... Uh, we are getting back to the <laughs> uh, discussion tonight, the Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. We have teams out in the field, uh, and we have, believe it or not, man... Just tons of tweets rolling in from these teams. We do. I'm surprised that they have a strong enough connection in some of these locations where they are. Uh, They are tweeting out videos. They're tweeting out pics. They're tweeting out their thoughts and impressions of where they are. uh, Spirit box sessions. Uh, Actually, Heather of DLH Paranormal actually caught on audio, uh, on video here, the spirit box saying, I'll kill them. I haven't bothered to uh, try this out ahead of time, but I'm going to try and play it over the air, and we'll see what happens. Feeling brave. Hopefully, uh, let's, let me see what's going on here. Okay, hold on. Let me just take this off of...
6: Why do you hate women?
0: i will kill them.
6: Why do you hate women? i will
0: One more time. Wow, that's that's pretty good. And it's pretty good that we can actually play something that's happening right out in the field tonight, right. uh, just within moments of it here on the program. So the future is now. It, it, <laughs> ten years ago is now for Spooky South Coast. They're like, wait a minute, you're just realizing you can use Twitter? There's paranormal shows that just broadcast live investigations every night. Yeah, but they're not us. They don't have the same problems that we always have to face. Uh, but if you check it out, if you go to Twitter, you can follow along with the hashtag Spooky Triangle, and you'll be able to actually follow along with everything that's going on out there in the field with our investigators. Each team has someone who is tweeting from their location, and we'll also be checking in with all of them throughout the course of this hour as well. We also have some prizes to give away, right, Aaron? We have three copies of the Bridgewater
1: Triangle on DVD to give away to, uh, I don't know how we're going to do this, but uh, Tim, that's more up to you, I guess. Yeah,
0: we'll just throw them out over the course of the hour, so definitely keep listening if you want to have your opportunity to win the DVD, and you'll have your chance to see it in its entirety. I know it's going to be on Destination America coming up next year.
1: Yeah, originally they had given us a date of uh, Black Friday, but then it got pushed back to a date to be announced in 2015. Uh, so we will let everybody know as soon as we f- we find out, you can follow us at uh, facebook.com forward slash the Bridgewater Triangle Documentary or at uh, documentarycom we'll keep you updated as soon as we have a date, we will let everybody know uh, but that will be a short and broadcast hour version of the original 90 minute film, so you're only going to see 42 minutes of it, and it's completely up to Destination America on what they keep and cut out, we have no say in any of that, so we'll see, we're excited to see it as well because we don't know what it's going to look like.
0: So You'll be able to see it on television, but it won't be until next year, and it'll be an abbreviated version of it. But if you have the opportunity to win it tonight, you will see the film in its entirety from the comfort of your own home. You can
1: win it tonight, and I'll quickly also, if you are not fortunate enough to win a copy tonight, you can. Uh, we have some promo codes here to give away real quick. Uh, for $3 off of the on demand option, which is available through our website, you can use the promo code BT, as in Bridgewater Triangle, BTSS, as in Spooky South Coast. Nice. So, BTSS for $3 off on demand. For $2 off the DVD, you can use the promo code BTSSDVD. And for $2 off the film on Blu-ray, you can use the promo code BTSsBD. So uh, those promo codes can all be used through our website, bridgewatertriangle.com, to get discounts on those various ways to see the film. So you can see it on demand, on DVD, on Blu-ray, or you can still see it in person because we've been playing at local venues. You can see a list of the upcoming shows on the website, bridgewatertriangle.com.
0: And uh – just real quickly, where are some of the places they can see it just off the top of your head? I know there's a big showing coming up in Salem.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, Friday, October 24th, we are showing at 10 p.m. at Cinema Salem. Tickets are still available through our website, uh, or you can probably just buy them at the door up in Salem as well. I wouldn't advise that because we don't know how many we'll sell. We have a vendor's table on Derby Street during the day, and we're going to be selling tickets there, so if you're looking to get tickets, I advise buying them in advance. It's a good way to just go up to Salem, see the sights, and then cap off your day by seeing the Bridgewater Triangle at Cinema Salem that night.
0: Excellent. We should have gone one of those inflatable screens and done it drive-in style. That would have been that would have been something. Studio. Uh, you know, I actually passed up one of those. I was uh, I was in Target one day. I was on my way to a Legend Trips event and I stopped in to buy some last minute items. And they had the inflatable screen, which sells for like three hundred bucks. They had it on clearance for fifty dollars. And I was like, I should have bought that because you never know when that could have come into ha- come come into uh, uh, something that we could have used it for. And then I was afraid. Well, it's inflatable. It's probably fifty bucks because it's got a giant hole in it. So. That usually happens every time I buy something inflatable. No comments.
2: Nothing to say. <laughs> I
0: see. Uh, I see that our silent assassin Matt Costa is tweeting out uh, Instagram photos live from the booth. Uh, you can check that out by following him at Smoking Monkeys, uh, and also uh, we'll uh, maybe we can tweet out those codes as well, Aaron, too. But we'll have the opportunity for you to win the DVD coming up. Uh, right now, let's check in with one of our teams that we have out there. In the field for us tonight, it's Eric Martin of New England Ghost Finders, which is anyghostfinders.com is their website, and anyghostfinders on Twitter. They are out at Chad Factory Pond in Rehoboth. How is it going out there, Eric?
3: Oh, well, it went pretty well. We're actually back in New Bedford now. Uh, We decided to call it a night early. Uh, We weren't getting any activity after the last time uh, we spoke with you guys. Um, And so, you know, with us being out there for five hours... We thought it was uh, was a good night. We spent quite a lot of time uh, out there. We got a lot of great stuff. We we did post a video uh, to Tim Weisberg's Facebook page uh, of our um, K two conversation uh, with a uh, spirit, a little spirit girl named Enid, uh, who uh, is, uh, from our understanding, was about five or six years old. Uh, so it was a great. The, like I said, the video was uploaded to Tim's page on Facebook, um, and anybody who wants to see it, you know, by all means, feel free to share it. You know, it's out there for everybody to watch.
0: All right, I'm actually going to tweet it out right now, uh, and I'll put it up on the Spooky South Coast and my personal Twitter pages. Uh, if People want to find it that way. I was going to ha- I was going to uh, include you guys in the tweet as well, but I ran out of characters because it's a Facebook video, so. Uh, people will be able to find it though, right? By going to your page from that link. So hopefully that yeah. will help uh, help keeping everybody know where it came from.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it was a great night. Uh, we we did a bunch of different stuff to get some reactions from the little girl. I actually did a little bit of dancing out there in the woods.
0: Hey, whatever you uh, got to do, right?
3: Yeah. Hey, you know, you, you do what you got to do. Uh, but we had fun. You know, we sang a bunch of nursery rhyme songs. I did some some kind of funky dance. I don't know what you would call it, but. Uh, It was definitely worth it. It was a
0: lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for participating, and I'm glad everybody made it home safe.
3: Absolutely. Have a good night.
0: Thank you. Take care, Eric. That is uh, Eric Martin of New England Ghost Finders. Thank you to the team, uh, Cheyenne and Debbie and everybody who was out there taking part in that investigation. Uh, We will continue on with checking in with all of our teams right now. Uh, I see that we have somebody on line two here. And Matt's going to tell me who was. Well, I just lost my feet. All right, we're going to go to Mark and Dave and, and Chrissy and Nate and everybody that's out there at Annawan Rock. They are on line two. How's it going out there, guys? Uh, the bugs came out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to keep them away as best I could.
5: Yeah, yeah no, I know. Well, I, I figured with the smell outside the studio that they would all
0: be down there. So. The, it's in full form tonight. You guys should oh, be glad okay. that you're in Rehoboth because you're just on the edge of being able to smell it. Oh, God. <laughs>
5: Ew. So, it, it's actually kind of quiet here tonight, but I'll be honest, it's gotten a lot darker, even though the sky's cleared up. Um, it seems we're on the back of the rocks, so we did a little bit of shuffling of people, and it's uh, a little bit darker back here. Um, we noticed that the tri-field meter, um, the needle's kind of bouncing around a little bit, but not making any noise. Uh, but other than that, we haven't really noticed all too much. We had, Oh, another group pulled up, and... Uh, are um, sure still on the other side of the rock and not. But, uh,
0: another paranormal group or just another group of people?
5: Just another group of people that just happened to show up. Oh, okay. and So a lot of the people are interested.
0: Yeah, because that's one thing I want to stress is that uh, when we're doing these shows, it's important for the people who are listening to to not... Go out to the locations and bother uh, the investigators because you could contaminate what's going on and, and create a false positive, and and also you know these teams that are going out there, uh, especially you guys, uh, Dave and Mark and everybody with you, you're all experienced in this. You all know what you're doing. You've done this before, not only for the Bridgewater Triangle show, but just in general in your own research. So it's not like it's uh, it's, it's not like it's a legend tripping event where anybody can go and have it be the first time. And uh, this is kind of serious stuff, and it's dangerous stuff if you don't know what you're doing
5: yeah yeah and these areas, unless you're familiar with them too i uh, there was already an injury out here tonight, so and I remember uh, a couple of years ago when we did the skid milk bridge um I almost became uh, a ghost out there myself, you know, just not paying attention and being in an unfamiliar area, I fell into the bridge and you it's really good to kind of have an idea where you're going, get out there in the day, it's time ahead of time, and you had everything all lined up with everybody, so it was great We know who was here and
0: yeah, we, we we can pull this together in a couple of days if we need to.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> We're getting pretty good at it. So, uh, well, this is, what, our ninth one now, so uh, we've definitely got the experience.
5: But I'll tell you, what it is about the rock, though, it's almost like the, the history is so palpable out here.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: You
5: know, you, to think that this was a major turning point in the war, and when it's quiet, you know, you, your senses really get heightened because you, you've got that sense of what happened here. and... And uh, it's one of my favorite places to come out to. Well, and, really, and it? I
0: was gonna say it helps too that uh, that the group that you're with, you're all very respectful and, and and very reverential when you're out there too.
5: Yeah, and I'm hoping you know we're gonna go over what we. I've had the recorders going all night and stuff. We'll have a chance to go over everything and uh, get that all on for the site later on for you. So excellent. Not well, to say that stuff isn't happening. We just can't hear it at the moment.
0: You know. Right. Exactly. Well, we'll look forward. We'll follow along and see if you guys get the chance to to tweet that stuff out and uh, stay safe and make it home safely.
5: Will do. Thanks, Tim. All right, take care.
0: Say thank you to everybody out there for us. Will do. All right, that is uh, Dave Francis along with Mark Colacusis out there and Chrissy and Nate and everybody else that joined in with them. You can follow along at TapsFan in Upton. That's Chrissy's Twitter account. And uh, she's been tweeting with Spooky Triangle as much as she can until uh, it starts giving her phone problems, which is a very strange uh, thing to happen, but no surprise considering
2: a lot going on with dlh paranormal
0: and we'll be checking in with them in just a few moments uh definitely i'm seeing all the the tweets that are coming up and popping up there's so
2: many that are coming in but yeah what's
0: some of the stuff that's happening
2: dlh is having a lot of activity with actual physical touching wow moving of objects um so I can't wait till we we pick up their phone call and ask them about that.
0: Absolutely, but right now we will check in with somebody else who's been having a lot of activity taking place out there. That's Kira Style. She's out there by the by the Milk Bridge. And uh, Kira, how have, how are things going now?
4: Um, it's uh, it's pretty active out here for sure. Um, for a while I could keep hearing a squeaking sound, almost like. Um, what I describe, What against wood, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And I know back in the day, way back in the day when this was still passable, they would go across it, the uh, locals would go across it with their, um, their characters and whatnot. So I, I have to wonder if that's maybe what I was hearing. But also a very, very, very strange thing that we saw, we were watching, looking out to the sky toward, to the west, which is, uh, right that, that's down near Route 24. And we saw a light hovering in the sky, and at first I thought it was maybe one of the, the uh, towers that are out, you know, out that way. And mm-hmm. he, tried to t- he started to take a picture of it and started to move. And it was going around in a circle, but I've never seen anything else fly around like that. No plane, no anything like that as ever I've ever seen fly like that. It disappeared off to the north, and when it did, it lit up the sky behind it. Now the sky there, out there where it was, is like all black
0: when it was out there, it was, like, lit up. Hmm. That's a very, definitely very strange. So, very. Well, and that's something, too, that would happen, you know, not just in the location where you are, but there would be multiple people that would have seen the same thing. So uh, we definitely want to keep an eye out for any reports of that elsewhere from people who aren't just investigating and, and just looking oh, up at the like sky. like I said, it
4: was, it's, out, it's out towards the, from where we are, it's out towards the west, which, like I said, is that's more or less right over Route 24. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if anybody else would see it, and it was, like I said, it was moving around like nothing I've ever seen. It was going around in circles, and then it just kind of zipped off to the north.
0: That, that's awesome. And that kind of goes to what we were talking about at the beginning, too, that maybe you know there's going to be some interconnected activity that will be something people can experience across the Triangle.
4: Oh yeah, and, and and I might also add that we have been seeing planes go by, and they've been following the same exact path. Mm-hmm. And you can tell they're planes; you can see their their red blinking beacon lights. But this, they had nothing like that. It didn't look anything like that. And like I said, it wasn't moving anything. It wasn't moving in any sort of path that any plane would
3: ever take.
0: Wow. Well, that's uh, that's definitely a one for that. That's very. Interesting. I wish Moniz was here, actually, to be able to kind of uh, make some suggestions of what he thinks it might be, but uh, it sounds like you guys got the bases covered of uh, just trying to put out the rational explanations first. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for taking part. We'll let you get back to it. Stay safe and stay out there, you know, for, for as long as you want to. We'll keep following along on Twitter at Spooky Triangle. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having stay us. Stay safe. Uh, That's hashtag Spooky Triangle, I should say. Aaron, we have a question in the chat room. I'm not going to... A question from the uh, Twitter uh, using the hashtag spooky live. I'm not going to put you on the spot here necessarily, but I am. This person wants to know, if he wins the DVD, can we ship it to him?
1: Uh, If he wins the DVD, I would be happy to ship it to him. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Because we can pay for it if you need us to. I just wanted to make sure that you don't mind shipping it out with all the other orders that you have to ship out all the time. No problem. All right, so there you go, Vincent. You have the chance to win. Anybody can win, uh, and why don't we give away the first one? We'll do that right now. What, what do you think we should do? Should we ask a trivia question? We could. I'm going to yeah, let Aaron come up with a trivia question. Uh, now I'm definitely putting you on the spot. And what we'll do is uh, we'll we'll put out the phone numbers for anybody to call in to win, and then we'll talk to DLH Paranormal who are on the line right now. And while we're talking with them, Mac can take down the caller's information. So,
1: all right, you want me to. Come up with a question right now, or, yeah, what, or oh. do, you,
0: do, you want, do you need a minute to come up? No, no, one? I got one. I, all right. Sure. All right.
1: Uh, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman coined the phrase the Bridgewater Triangle. It came to national prominence in his book *Mysterious America*. What year was that book published?
0: All right. So, if you know the answer to that, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty, you will have the opportunity to win. I will text the answer to Matt in the other room, so he'll be able to let the person know that calls incorrectly who wins. He can take down the prize info, and then he'll just message me back the name of the person so we can announce it on air. Does that sound like a plan for everybody? Does that work?
1: That sounds great. It was also the year that I was born, if that helps.
0: <laughs> right now, his mom's like, I can win. I know the answer. I know the answer. Family already got their copies, though, so they they, they can't <laughs> they win. They did. She actually has a Blu-ray. Oh, nice. Nice. He's like, but I didn't give her a Blu-ray player to watch it on. <laughs> So, again, if you want to win, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And uh, let me just uh, make sure that... uh... Okay, yeah, I knew (laughs) knew the answer, but I just had to make sure that I was right. And anybody watching on Spooky TV uh, probably saw that. So uh, we will now go to DLH Paranormal, who are on line two. Is this Deb?
6: It is. Hi.
0: Hi, how's it going out there? You guys are having a ton of stuff happening.
6: I know. This cemetery is so awesome, and it's really strange because it seems to come, and we have waves of activity, and then all of a sudden it will die down. But when we were sitting and finishing up our beer box session, Laura felt someone nudge her in the back. So then we walked to the back of the cemetery because poor Cindy is on crutches. So we found these big cement things that they put the coffins in, so we figured Cindy could sit down and rest her leg. Mm -hmm. And it started to go crazy back here. The K2s were going off like crazy, and Laura saw like a faint light anomaly. And then after that, Cindy had her crutch under her arm. She felt someone move her crutch. And then I felt like a light tickle, like right across my face. Wow. And the REM pod went off twice. And the REM pod went off twice. And the, we have that, we've had that REM pod so long, and it really ever goes off. And that starts to go off, too, so it's weird. It's like it's it that's
0: coming waves. well, I was going to say you know that that cemetery has a long history of having uh activity like that of of people being touched and reported being touched. but when you can quantify that and and, and verify that with uh, information coming from other sources and other devices, uh, it just builds a much stronger argument and you know it's easy to say that uh that spirits can manipulate the, the devices that we bring out there, but it's not always that easy. And sometimes it takes the right amount of energy out there. And it sounds like you ladies being out there together is kind of, uh, you know, working together to amp up that energy.
6: Yeah, I think so. That always happens when we're all together. It's amazing what happens when, when we're all together, all four of us. It's like amazing.
0: Well, it sounds, you've already got built-in team chemistry though with some of your teams. So that's exactly. It's kind of a kind of a natural chemistry, but uh, it just goes to show that when you know the right factors are there with the right people to experience them, then good things yeah, can always, happen.
6: It's funny because we always called it the power of three. But now we have Cindy,
0: so it's the power of four. And, and so she's on crutches, you said. Yeah, poor Cindy. Oh, gee, I hope she wasn't out at Ana Rock earlier because we had an injury out there. So oh, we heard about that. Yeah, that's well. That's oh. the problem with this. People take you know they they like the idea. They hear what we're doing with this show every year, and they think that they can do it themselves. And you never yeah. know what can happen if you don't know the area. Exactly. It looks exactly. a lot different in the dark, right?
6: But we love cemeteries. Cemeteries are like our favorite. So this is perfect for us.
0: Well, feel free to stay out there as long as you want. We'll keep following along uh, on Twitter using the hashtag Spooky Triangle, and everybody can follow you guys as well at DLH Paranormal if they want to check out all of your stuff and, and DLH dot com. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you so
6: much.
0: All right, thank you, Deb, for joining us. Stay safe, and hope everybody gets home okay. Thanks. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Deb is from Fall
1: River, Somerset, or Swansea with that <laughs> accent.
6: Well, I actually grew up in Seekonk.
1: So. Yeah,
0: close enough. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, we'll we'll see you at Lizzie's real soon.
6: All right. Sounds good. All
0: right. Take care, everybody. Thank you.
6: Bye. Thanks.
0: And uh, yeah, so uh, I think do we do we have a winner right now? We do, and <laughs> we have a winner of the first Bridgewater Triangle DVD giveaway, and that is Ken Costa. Matt says he swears it's no relation. There's plenty of Costas in the area, so... And, and the answer to the question, Aaron, was... 1983. That's when uh, Mysterious America was published. and But it was a term that Lauren Coleman was using in lectures and discussions back into the 70s.
1: Yeah, it actually first was mentioned in a Boston Magazine article in 1978 or 9. I don't know the exact date, but uh, that was the first time it was seen in print, but it came to national prominence in uh, crypt- I mean, uh, Mysterious America in 1983.
0: And what's interesting about Lauren is that he's somebody who is very he holds on to his research if you know what i mean like you know he's he's very much uh, in control of his portion of research and when things happen and 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 people don't credit him he makes sure that people know where that information came from because in that field in the cryptozoology field it matters where it's coming from because there's been some misinformation over the years and lauren wants to make sure that people know that they can trust the things that he's been putting out. But the Bridgewater Triangle, it's funny, you hear him talk about it, and he has no problem admitting that's gotten away from him. It's nothing that he can really claim any any ownership of anymore, because he's first of all, he's not actively investigating it anymore either, but he knows it's become much bigger than it was in 1983. Yeah, that's exactly
1: right. And uh, But he's also, on the flip side of that, uh, somebody at some point had given him a direct credit for the documentary, and he was immediately, as, as, as much as he'll remind people that he did the research for certain things, he will also let people know when he wasn't responsible for something. So he participated in the film. He didn't make the film, but... Uh, he was quick to point that out as well. so he, you know he's he's good both to do both in that regard. Um, but yeah he uh, it's kind of spun out of control on him, I think. Uh, I think it's the Bridgewater triangle has taken on a life of its own uh, and uh, has far exceeded anything that I think he ever imagined that just coining that phrase would have turned into.
0: All right, well, uh, you said that you got something coming up on uh, Twitter?
2: I do. Um, I want to remind everybody that's listening right now, um, while we're giving away the DVDs, your tweet answers do not count. You have to call in in order to win. So those numbers are 877-996-1420 or 508-996-0500 when we ask the next trivia question. And we have a, a question. I was going to say in the chat room, but it's not <laughs> it's, tough. I know,
0: we're it's so not the We're so used to that. Room. we got to break that. Yeah. Um,
2: I'm assuming this is for anybody here, but Aaron might know best because he did a lot of research. Um, Are there any instances of time travel heard of within the Bridgewater Triangle?
1: I've heard of uh, time slips Mm -hmm. where people uh, will be driving in one location and then all of a sudden they have somehow wound up in a location on a totally opposite side of the triangle and it happened in a matter of mere minutes. Um, we didn't talk to any direct witnesses to anything like that for our film, but I've heard people mention it, and I, I don't know exactly. I can't remember off the top of my head where I've heard these things from, but you do hear of uh, people experiencing time slips for sure.
0: Yeah, and time slips are something that happen uh, pretty much universally. It's not just limited to paranormal hotspots like the Triangle. And What can happen is you know, you could just be driving down the street, Look out, you know, it's the same street you drive every single day, but then you look out the window, and all of a sudden, it looks like it's from the 1920s. And you shake your head, and then all of a sudden, it looks like it's normal again. These are stories that Jeff blander has been researching for years that he actually will talk about, and and... It happens. It happens to all of us. We, we sometimes, you know, we think we remember seeing something that wasn't there. You know, oh, remember when we drove by this place and we saw that little restaurant and then you go back and there is no little restaurant and nobody knows what you're talking about when you ask them. You know, these kind of things, they could be time slips. They could be windows from another era, from another reality opening up. But, uh, some people would answer that question by saying time travel happens all the time in the Bridgewater Triangle because that could be what a ghost is. That could be what a We're UFO is. Yeah, it could be. So it it could be all tied in, Uh, but in terms of anybody like, you know, there's been, uh, there hasn't been any reports that I've heard of people like actually being transported themselves through time, Uh, and there's there's no John Teeter of the Bridgewater Triangle. I know Aaron's not a paranormal guy. He's like, who's John (laughs) (laughs) Teeter? John Teeter is a guy who uh, actually claimed to have been from the future, who came back to. Our time and started posting on all the internet message boards things that happened in the future. He came back to our time because he had to get a part for something that he needed in the future. And so it was. It, so, so, being from the future, has he made any predictions that have come true? There were some. A lot of them didn't, but there were some that did come true. Just look it up sometime. T I T O R. And uh, Art hmm. Bell did a lot of shows on them. And, and we've talked about it a bit here on the show as well. Uh, but uh, there we go. With the time travel talk, that's uh, probably about as. Much of an answer as we can give in terms one. of that. Until we travel back in time with a better answer later on.
2: You never know what can happen.
0: Well, can <laughs> Speaking of time, uh, we only have about 20 minutes left in the show, so let's check in with all of our groups. And we have right now Cranberry Coast Paranormal on line one. Hello, Barbara. You with us? I am. How's it going out there? Pretty good. And uh, have you...
2: Good.
0: Has anything been going on?
6: Yeah, uh, we walked up to the Keith Homestead up at the end of the road. Um, couldn't get too close to the house because no trespassing. So, But we did an EVP session, and uh, actually we weren't, weren't doing that. We were talking about the house, how many rooms are in it, and everything like that. And then we got a voice saying, travel back, we think. Sounds pretty clear. We traveled very clear. Wow. Sounds female, and uh, very quiet back there. There's nobody back there, and no cars, no nothing, so no waves, no
0: <laughs> I wonder if that, that's a little strange because we were just talking about time travel with a question that came in via Twitter. I wonder if maybe that's uh, in relation to that. That's, that's a little strange.
6: Wow. Yeah, we thought that was really strange. strange it said travel back.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and, the, and I know that uh, Mike will probably have that uh, somewhere down the line for us uh, as well uh, so we can actually play it back here on the show. He,
6: he will. He he wanted to try to have it live, but it didn't work out that way. Understandable.
0: His fuse box. Or something. <laughs> but we'll, we'll be able to get that from him later on, and we'll, we'll play it on the show when uh, when we do. Sure. All right. Well. Uh, so, uh, any, any other plans uh, before you guys head out there, or anything else that you want to try? Or.
6: Well, we're walking back down, um, back to where the, the boat ramp is. So we'll see what happens.
0: All right. Well, we will uh, we will be following along on Twitter at uh, with the hashtag Spooky Triangle. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. We appreciate it, and you guys stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. righty. Take care. bye And uh, that is Bob Wright of Cranberry Coast Paranormal, along with Mike Markowitz and Roy Brady out there, and, and Red Crow as well. Uh, they're out at Lake Nip and, and out in the area there, and God love them, because I don't know if I'd want to walk around out there in the dark. No, thank you. <laughs> it's not so much the ghosts that scare me. It's, you know,
2: the living.
0: drowning people that are out there and the weirdos that are out there. But, you know, mm. the, Mike and, and Red Crow, they're going to make sure. Those are a couple of big dudes so they'll make sure that there's no trouble right. uh, happening down there. So Matt's going to continue trying to uh, connect with some of the other groups so that we can check in with them. We still want to check in with uh with John Brightman. That's uh, the last person that we need to check in with for this hour. So if John if you're listening and you want to call in, you can do so. If anybody else wants to call in with a question, 508-996-0500 877-996-1420. You know, m- maybe we will give away one more DVD. Okay. through a question. you, you yeah, Three that you wanted to do, right? Yeah, we had three. Uh, I can do another question now. We'll do another question, and then why don't we do one for the Twitter audience? Do you think we could do that? It's up to you guys. So yeah. this one for Twitter, or this one for Colin? Let's do this one for... We'll do this one for Twitter.
1: Okay, this one is for Twitter. Very easy one. Okay. What color is the triangle in the official logo of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary?
0: There you go. If you know the answer to that, just tweet us... At spooky sc using the hashtag spooky live, and uh, we will see your answer. And the first one that I see come across my tweet deck, you will be the person to win. So uh, we are. I'm just watching right now to see what happens, and uh, Matt's sending me a message as well. I think uh, Matt, I, I see that you're sending me a message here. I think John's the only one left. So I'll just yeah. It doesn't. It's not really good English that I just. Uh, sent to him, but he'll know what I mean. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually looking to see. All right, we have a guess here. Green. That is incorrect. Incorrect. It is not green. I don't know why I looked at you like I don't know the answer to it.
2: Uh, right. Like, I was wondering well, that myself.
0: It's on the hat that's currently staring you right in the face.
1: <laughs> if no you're big watching big. live, watch my face. So and and you right
0: have there. the you know you have the alternate black background, white background, but it's the same color in both. Uh, so we'll see if we get it. Oh, we have a winner right here! Uh, five two three. You are the winner. Uh, I'm gonna give you a quick follow. Yes, done. And now you can just send me a direct message with your name and your shipping address. Uh, and also, please include your name, uh, your age, and a phone number because that has to go on the WBSM prize sheet. It's not that uh, we want to know that for our own weird personal fetishes or anything, but we have to put it on the prize sheet. So if you could send us a tweet, uh, send me a direct message with that, 523, at 523, it is, uh, I need your name, your address, your age, and your phone number. All right, well, I think... We just need to check in with John Brightman. Uh, So, John, if you're listening, give us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. If you need to use the toll-free line, you can. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, too, Aaron, uh, is we've said that it was going to be inevitable that as you guys were out talking about the Bridgewater Triangle film and showing all the screenings of the Bridgewater Triangle film, you were going to hear some stories from people that you're like, I wish I had heard that while we were making the film or before we made the film. Uh, has there been anything that's come across in some of these Q&A sessions that you do and in, in the discussions that you do where there's just you've just had to say, holy crap?
1: Yeah, uh, we knew that this was basically going to open a Pandora's box, and it has. And at each show, we usually do a question and answer when the show is over, and it gives people a chance to share some of their experiences. And there's been a few in there that I wish that we really had known the the person when we were making the film, and most recently at the Middleborough show, which was, which was, uh, had a huge crowd show, a very enthusiastic crowd. There was that woman who told me about her Thunderbird sighting in Easton, and she also, uh, talked about a strange experience while she was teaching at a school in Bridgewater. It wasn't Bridgewater State, I think it was one of the Bridgewater public schools. And, Two orbs flew in the window of her classroom while she was teaching and flew around the room, and all the students witnessed it. And she then became known as the ghost teacher or the ghost lady up until the day that she retired. Uh... And she was one of those people now, if somebody tells me a story like that as a skeptic, I'm usually like, yeah, okay, whatever. But uh, she just came across as very genuine and very credible, just like Bill Russo in the film about his story, about seeing that small troll-like creature came across as very credible.
0: Well, Bill's been the person that most people who have gone out and seen the film have spoken to me about. I think part of that is because, you know, a lot of people who talk to me about it are fans of Spooky South Coast. People have been listening to the show. And, and so they're familiar with a lot of the, the characters, the players, the, the people that are in the movie. So they're used to hearing the stories from all of us. And I think because he's somebody whose story you had never heard before, uh, it kind of gave him a lot of credibility too. But a lot of people who just don't want to believe in the paranormal, uh, they will say, you know, like you, okay, hearing him tell that story, knowing that he sat on it for so long, he's not trying to get himself famous or anything. You know, you have to kind of take him at face value and say, all right, there was something that happened to him, something he experienced that he couldn't explain.
1: Absolutely, and you know when we were ready to release that film, I in the back of my mind, that story was basically our ace in the hole. That was the one story that basically, unless you read his his blog, which was pretty hard to find at the time, which isn't so hard to find anymore online, mm-hmm. uh, that was basically the first time people had heard that story. And it just, you know, when his section of the film plays, you could just hear a pin drop. Everybody is just completely captivated by that that guy's story.
0: And I, I don't know if I've asked you this uh, on the air or not, but I mean, some people feel like The creature that he describes is an alien-type being. Some people think that he might have had uh, direct contact with the puckwaji or some sort of type of a cryptid creature, what what do you think it might have been in, in the research that you've done?
1: I have never been able to say what I think that it was, but I will say that I absolutely, without a doubt, believe that he thinks that he saw something. Mm-hmm. Now, what he saw, I can't say, whether it's some sort of unidentified creature from the depths of the Hockamock Swamp, we will never know, and I'm not in a place to say, but he absolutely saw something. I'm absolutely convinced if you put him on a polygraph, it will come back that he's telling the truth, that he believes he saw something.
0: And and his description of this creature was
1: that... He described it as a three to four foot tall creature with three to four inch long hair covering its body with a pot belly and a face that resembled a chipmunk. And we have an illustration that was done in the film by an artist named John Gigg. And he actually worked with Bill as basically like a police sketch artist to come up with the most accurate depiction of what Bill claims that he saw.
0: And when you introduce Bill to Matt Moniz, did he turn into the little boy from the end of the movie Ransom? I actually don't know if if
1: Bill has ever met Matt Moniz. Because I want to know if
0: it'll, it'll be like that scene when the little boy hears Gary Sinise's voice in the other room, and he just wets his pants, <laughs> he'll be like, that's exactly what I saw. You know, It was I, Moniz. He, I, I'm willing to bet
1: that Bill would be more than happy to come on your show and tell his story at some point.
0: Well, we'd love to have him. And I'm, I'm just kidding, because I know that Moniz never had three to four inch hair on his body. That's way too <laughs> short. So it couldn't have been a Moniz sighting. See, we, see what we do? We pick on him when he's not here. Although we shouldn't pick on him, because he's out at a UFO conference representing the show this weekend. So I, I should be a little bit nicer to him. He'll be back with us next Saturday night. Where's the conference? Uh, I'm not Lemon's Yeah, Lemonster. I was gonna say I I wasn't I almost said Methuen. Hmm. I don't know the difference. I went to Fitchburg
1: State, so it's right next door. There you go. Lemonster, Pioneer Plastic City, home of Johnny Appleseed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right now, it's uh, home of a bunch of uh, UFO abductees and researchers. So uh, they're up there at that convention having a great time. So, hello to everyone out there that may be listening after that. We're still trying to connect with John Brightman. Of course, that's what happens when you're out there in the Freetown State Forest. You don't always have the best uh, reception and the best signal. But if he is listening and you do hear my voice, John, feel free to call in and check in. And if not, we'll just keep following. Following along with everything that's going on on Twitter, at uh, spooky sc is our spooky sou- is our spooky south coast account. We use the hashtag spooky live each Saturday night during the program. And tonight, oh, that's why! I Just yes. came across my with the spooky triangle hashtag. Stephanie, what they've revealed where they are now?
2: They are at the cave in the Freetown State Forest.
0: Nobody's phone is going to work out there, but hers does. Well, she sent a she sent a tweet so.
2: You still have to have internet for that.
0: I think, you know, I have an easier time sometimes accessing the internet than I do making a voice call.
2: Not me. I'm the other way around, and it drives me insane.
0: Yeah, I think that it's probably my phone knows that I'd rather not talk to people. Hey. So we know you'd rather type than talk.
2: Just like my car mysteriously drives into drive throughs at fast food joints. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a whole. That's a topic for a whole other show.
2: Paranormal.
0: Should should we, should we give away the last DVD? Do you think? I
2: think we should.
0: We'll do this via the telephone.
1: All right. We'll do a little tougher question this time. Uh, this is a phone giveaway. Name one of the three female cast members from the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. There are three women featured in the film. Name one of them.
0: Does the scene where I dress up like Bugs Bunny and drag count?
1: Yes, it does. No, that's <laughs> on the special features, right? It is.
0: All right, so you just have to name one of the three, and uh, why don't we take that call directly over the, the air here if you want to call in with a guess, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. I shouldn't say guess, if you should call in with the answer. Who are the three, one of the three female cast members of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary? Uh, and I will give you a hint, it is not Stephanie.
2: Right, it's she, not me. She's
0: not in the film, uh, so that doesn't count. If if people need a hint, I can give one.
2: I know the
1: answer.
0: Do, do, do so you want, I get
1: to win? Do, we'll give it a couple minutes or yeah, a minute.
0: right now. People are googling. And, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, definitely call in if you know the answer, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And I do like the fact that when you know when we're out, and I haven't been to a Q&A for a while. I apologize for that. But when you're out at these Q&As, you get a different dynamic from some of the male researchers and the females who are involved in some of the things that happened in the Bridgewater Triangle. It, it seems like the activity definitely affects people differently. And I think part of that is how we... As investigators go into it, the women that I know that are researchers are a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more uh, you know, emotionally connected with a haunt or, or with the story as opposed to the guys who just can't seem to help but have that macho shield pop up.
1: Yeah, uh, not to not to speak in generalities, but I would agree that the the women tend to want to know the story more behind the ghosts and why they're communicating the way that they are, and whereas the men are more in, more apt to you know want to whip out a camera or uh, some sort of electronic device and pick up some evidence of the ghost.
0: And that's what makes uh, always, when we do the Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show, you see that kind of play out in who goes out. Uh, one of the cast members, who I won't name because we're waiting for the answer to the question, When she goes out for the show, for the Bridgewater Triangle show, she always seems to make a direct spiritual connection. And other women that I've investigated with, I mean, obviously it's different when you're with someone like Stephanie who has abilities and can make those connections anyway. But, you know, I've investigated with uh, women who are there for the first time who have never been part of an investigation before. And you can just see with them, you know, I'll start – Maybe I start being a little bit uh, a little bit of a provoker, a little bit more antagonistic in some of my questioning or, or what I'm asking to have happen, and you'll see them kind of cringe and be like, "No, that's not the right way, even though they've never been there before they they they've never had a connection with that spirit, but they just have that natural instinct that no that's it's not right to be like that so I
2: think a lot of the time too it's a maternal instinct the the caring the nurturing. Is, you know, aside from the
0: spiritual. I don't, I don't have that when it comes to the ghosts. No. No. I and think a lot we, of people do. We might have a guest here on the line. Uh, good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. you have an answer for the trivia question?
1: Yes. Uh, Luanne Jolly? You got it. Ding, 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 ding.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, who are the other two, Aaron?
1: Uh, Anne Kerrigan from uh, East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And Elizabeth Lyons tells her story of seeing a mysterious mist in the
0: Hockamock Swamp. Awesome. Well, you are the winner. Can we have your name, just your first name? Vincent. All right, Vincent, congratulations. I'm glad you were able to get through and win. All right, excellent. Thank you. I'm going to put you on hold, and Matt will get all of your information. Okay, thanks. All right, hopefully I don't drop him off. Yeah, he's on hold. <laughs> this, see, this is how radio is supposed to work. You're supposed to have a producer in the other room that screens the calls and takes all that so you don't have to do it on the air. That's why when, when Aaron said, should we take calls and give them away, I was like, no, that never works because you have to sit here and go through the phone and be like, you're a caller two, you're a caller three, you're caller four. But when you have somebody in the other room, it works out. Perfect. Uh, I have to hold on. I'm just going to send the number out to the last team who wants to call in, but uh, but John's phone died. So, oh, no. Well, that happens. It, not just uh, paranormally speaking, but it probably was paranormal, because they were talking about how they were getting a lot of battery drain, right? That was them? Yeah, but I think
1: uh, when somebody has low service on a phone, the phone works harder to get a signal, it so it does drain quickly in that scenario.
0: I think I've told you before, uh, my my strangest battery drain was at Lizzie Borden's, where I would go into the kitchen and I would charge up my camera battery. Mm -hmm. It'd be full battery. It'd be 90 minutes worth of battery. I would just walk down the basement stairs. It would drop to 56 minutes. And then I would walk back upstairs and it would be back to the full 90.
1: See, yeah there's no explanation for that that's a little strange I, I
0: couldn't you know and I, <laughs> I I know the I know the electrical problems of that house in and out I know that you know mm-hmm. they had all the stuff that was replaced everything was was redone and it would happen multiple times I'm sure that if I even brought it there now although I wouldn't trust the battery because I haven't used the camera in a couple of years but it would do the same thing and I would show it to people when we went there and it got to the point where because that happened I stopped bringing my camera with me on investigations now it's good because with legend trips I don't have to worry about doing all right, that right. everybody does it for me. <laughs> All right, I think we have our last group on the line is, is this Kim is that who's calling in
8: no it's actually John
0: no it's this is this you can say it's Kim it's all right
8: <laughs> yeah that's that's all right it's Kim
0: okay. <laughs> how's it going John so your phone died huh
8: yeah yeah we just uh, been out here all night so the phone the battery finally died from taking pictures and so uh, I, I kind of lost all service so that's why I grabbed her phone to use hers
0: that's all right. we, we we knew that you'd uh, check in one way or another even if uh, through telepathy or smoke signal
8: that's right i'll just send smoke signals since we're out here in the forest
0: i'm looking over the window i'm looking in that direction so, so we, what's been happening uh, since we talked to you last
8: so uh we left we we had a little bit more activity at the indian ceremonial area but we ended up leaving there um to head to the underground cave um so we're there now and it's been kind of quiet uh sully's actually down in what's left of the hole and just kind of sitting in the in the little in the little hole area and uh just using the k2 asking some questions he's got the real-time recorder and we've had a couple of hits on the k2 he said um you know nothing substantial we can't you know confirm anything with it but it's uh you know just kind of creepy being out here thinking about what happened here at one point and what what it was used for you know
0: yeah that's it's pretty awesome now uh, are you guys gonna stick out there uh, stay out there for a bit after the uh show is over you're gonna head back and charge up your phone
8: no we're actually gonna stick out here for a little bit we're gonna um we just came down Copacut Road and, and then took a took a left onto the onto the road down by the by the backside of where the cave is, and we're going to uh, we're going to stick out here and see what we can find out here, and then head to a couple other spots after.
0: Nice, nice. Well, we'll be following along uh, with the hashtag Spooky Triangle for as long as Kim's phone lasts. Okay, sounds good. All right, and uh, say thank you to everybody for taking part. Hi to Sully. Hi to Kim. Hi to Jane. And uh, everybody, stay safe.
8: Definitely, I will. I'll tell them all you said hi. Thank
0: you. Have a great night. Bye. And uh, that is John Brightman. Again, I want to quickly run down. We only have about two minutes left in the program. I want to thank everybody who took part. Uh, New England Ghost Finders, Eric Martin, Cheyenne, Debbie, that whole crew. You can follow them at NEGhostFinders on Twitter and NEGhostFinders.com. Dave Francis, Mark Colacusis, Christina Ottman, Nate Meyer, they were all out there at Anawan Rock. You can follow Christina on Twitter at TapsFan and Upton and Matt, um, sorry, uh, Mark's on Facebook as the Paranormal Pirate. Uh, Kira Stiles and her husband Greg, they were out there at the Milk Bridge. Follow them at Spectral Whispers and on KiraNormalActivity.com, K-I-R-A, KiraNormalActivity.com. D-L-H Paranormal, Deb, Heather, Laura, Cynthia, D-L-H Paranormal.com, and on Twitter at D-L-H Paranormal. And, of course, John Brightman, who you just heard, out there with Jane Riley, Sean Sullivan, Kim Thomas. Uh, You can follow Kim on Twitter at KDakota1389. And Mike Markowitz, Barb Wright, Roy Brady, Cranberry Coast Paranormal.com, and on Twitter at Cranberry Coast. And of course, thank you to Aaron Cadger for coming in. Uh, the Bridgewater com is the site. I'll be sending my bill in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't forget that you can get those promo codes. We'll tweet those out at the end Absolutely. of the show if anybody wants to order the DVD or the Blu ray. And also, you'll have the opportunity to watch it streaming as well, which you can find out uh, all that information from the Bridgewater documentarycom Thank you to Matt for working as butt off over there in the production booth all night. Thank you to Stephanie for monitoring the social media.
2: You are very welcome.
0: And uh, I think this worked out pretty well, except for, you know, the recording not working on the first hour, but Something had to go wrong. I'm glad it was there. I'd rather
2: it be that than something else. Out of major.
0: everything that could have been. All right. Well, we will talk to you all next week, everybody, when we will be joined by Robert Merch, the Ouija historian. And we'll also be joined by Styles White, the director of the new film Ouija, which hits theaters on Friday. You can go and check out the movie and then hear us talking about it here on the program. And tune in tomorrow night, Ghost Stalkers, 10 p.m. Eastern on Destination America. If you don't have Destination America, we'll We'll find a way to get it up online so you can watch it, but anybody who has the channel, please tune in. Let's make this the biggest show that DA has ever seen. We gotta beat that Ghost Asylum season finale, which had their top ratings ever. Until next week, we want you all to stay the local.